0: Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm joined by my co host Alex for a jam, jam, jam packed episode of the Giant Take Podcast. We've got the NFL Scouting Combine coming up this week. We have Joe Shane's press conference to talk about, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley's contract up in the air. We'll have a little bit of thoughts on that. And to top it off, we're also going to be talking about and ranking our top five cornerbacks in this year's NFL draft. It's a lot to do. And we don't want to take all your, you know, your day away. So we'll try to do it as quick as possible, but still while going in depth. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Bobby Skinner we had last week where we kind of toned it down a little bit, relax, and just discuss the Giants offseason as a whole. Now, we took our break. You know, we had our little week of relaxation. We're back. We're grinding, and we're uh, throwing a lot at you at the same time. So um, we hope you use that break wisely because... We're here in full force now. Alex, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to get into all of this. Obviously the press conference was yesterday when we we're recording this, uh, for Joe Shane. A lot of stuff not really a lot of stuff. There was a lot of headlines, I guess, but not really a lot of um things were said that were that important, uh, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I think there was a lot said that, you know, could be interpreted in different ways, right? So we're gonna, you know, interpret it, I guess, in a few minutes when we talk about it. And then the scouting combine preview. I'm excited for the combine starting tomorrow, um, and I think it's going to be a a big one. It always is. Teams, I feel like every year, uh, are more and more interested in the combine. It feels more of these athletic freaks putting up these insane numbers, really rising up boards. And then a lot of these players who are, look really good on film uh, and then just have a stinker of a combine. I, I remember right last year, Kyron Williams, running back. He was supposed to go like day two, I think. And he dropped to day three because he had a terrible combine. I think he ran like four in the mid four sevens. So, you know, that really shows how this combine, uh, you know, the combine could really either help you or hurt you quite a bit. And we'll talk about that. And then CB rankings excited for that as well. But uh, I'm just ready to get right into it. Josh, are you ready to as well? I guess I'll head to uh, a coaching adjustment, a couple of coaching adjustments here, actually. So, the Giants first are planning to hire Panthers assistant Jeff Nixon as their running backs coach. Um, he has helped uh, with that potent Carolina rushing attack last year. Despite losing Christian McCaffrey, they had uh, Foreman and Chuba Hubbard uh, in the backfield, still were able to have quite an effective running game. He also interviewed for the Cowboys offensive coordinator position. He did not get that. Uh, and he will be coming to the Giants and joining Brian Dable's coaching staff. Um, so as a coach, he started off at Penn State, uh, then went to Princeton as a running, a running backs coach, uh, Went to uh, was at a whole bunch of other schools, uh, such Chattanooga, Temple, as their running backs receiving coach. He made his way to the NFL in 2007, uh, where he was an offenses, offensive and special teams uh, assistant with the Eagles. In 2011, he moved to the Dolphins purely as a running backs coach. Uh, And then 2016, he moved to the 49ers as a tight ends coach. He then moved back to college football in 2017 uh, to Baylor as a co-offensive coordinator and running backs coach uh, before returning to the NFL in 2020 as the Carolina uh, Panthers running backs coach. Uh, And then he would also become the interim offensive coordinator uh, later in 2021, which would eventually get him a promotion to assistant head coach. Uh, And now he is with New York Giants, so super exciting there to have a a new guy on our staff. Hopefully, he can get the best of Saquon Barkley. If obviously Saquon Barkley resigns, which Joe Shane had some things to say about, hint hint. I will talk about that in a few minutes. Um, And then Giants assistant offensive line coach Tony Soprano uh, Esperano, Tony Soprano, Tony Sperano Jr. uh, accepted the job as the offensive line coach of the Colts, uh, per source and that, uh, you know, Sperano worked really well with Bobby Johnson last year, and it will be a loss uh, to see him go, and the Giants will most likely have to find a replacement for him. Josh, any thoughts on these major coaching adjustments?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I just want to say uh, it's not per our source. We don't have many sources besides the source of Twitter itself. Uh, so that was per the source of Jordan Ron on yes. ESPN. So pretty official one. Not there. our source. Uh, if it yes. was, it was if it was per our source, I wouldn't be too trustworthy of it. Uh, luckily, though, we are okay there. What's not okay, though, is that we do lose our assistant offensive line coach, so I'm sure one of the people there is just going to have to step up into that position. Uh, although we don't lose our full-on O-line coach in Bobby Johnson, um, so that is okay. I think he's done a good job with this O-line and helped them improve from the Dave Kettleman era, so that's a good thing there. Let's move on to the least surprising bullet it's point of this entire offseason. I'm calling it right now. It's March 1st. Don't think there's going to be a, a, anything more uh, surprising than this. Kenny Galladay, or less surprising than this, I should say. Kenny Galladay, the wide receiver, former New York Giants wide receiver, uh, or, well, I guess still for the next 15 days, he's going to be released by the team at the start of the year on March 15th. Kenny Galladay and his agents talked with Shane. They came up with the deal, and they're just releasing him. It's going to save the Giants $6.7 million versus the cap although it's going to hurt them a lot more than it helps them. It gets rid of Galladay, lets him be free and join an XFL team next year. Uh, while it also allows the New York Giants to save a bit, but also look towards the future at that wide receiver position, whether it's someone in free agency that there aren't many good players in this free agency uh, class um, or it's in the the draft um, this upcoming season. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, but at least we know right now that Kenny Galladay will not be a part of the Giants future. And that's, I think a good thing for all of us as Giants fans.
1: Yeah. 14 now million moving... dead cap hit though. Uh, if he is released uh, at the start of the league year, if he's released post June one, then it's a bigger cap savings. Um, but then you're kind of, but, that's not happening. but then you're posting. You're, you're kind of pushing that money down, la- down the line in year two, Uh Joe Shane, it, so right now it is uh, it's going to be at the beginning of the league year, but Joe Shane hinted at the fact that they didn't make a final final decision yet, that it's not been put in exactly, so that they're still thinking about it based on what happens with the Daniel Jones uh, and Saquon Barkley deals as well, right? That could be uh, 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 you know something to think about, right? If Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley sign new deals and you don't, you know, you kind of push some of that money down the road, maybe it's not a big deal. Ah, uh, to you know, make Kenny Galladay post June one cut. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, but right now it looks like it's going to be at the start of the league year, which six and a half million or so savings and a fourteen million dead cap hit.
0: Yeah, speaking of Joe Shane's press conference that he had yesterday, he talked about Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, as he should and as the media should address it. Although, uh, don't worry because Giants fans weren't allowed to ask him any questions in that fan Q and A, as there was no signal. Come on. Giants PR team. Giants. They did. Technical they did team. ask
1: them quite. Well, they were reading them off a of YouTube chat. I'm not sure. Did you watch the video after? Interesting. I watched the video I, that they released. I
0: watched. There. He was also on. Um. Was he on Big Blue Kickoff Live? The one with uh, John schmelk and Paul Dettino?
1: Yeah, uh, I, and that was they. That's that was the live Q and A thing. I guess
0: there was also callers too. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 like someone called in about uh, one of the guys we're going to talk about in the and combine about a running back.
1: Yeah. So, I I, yeah, it was odd for sure. And then he had a very short press conference at the Combine, too. It was only about 15 minutes, which was kind of odd. What else? I mean, what else are you going to ask him? It's the same
0: questions over and over again. Jones, Barkley, you you, you franchise many you get whatever. Yeah. So, uh, according to that, or I guess in reference to that, Shane said, quote, I would say cautiously optimistic about getting deals done with both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Uh, if you remember in the posts, like right after the season ended press comments with him and Dable, he kind of slipped up saying that Jones is basically going to be on the team next year. So he was kind of asked about that again. And when he was asked any doubt that Jones will be the QB of the Giants next year, no doubt meaning that if they don't strike a deal it's going to be a franchise tag with Jones that's pretty obvious. If the Giants it really this is what we talked about with Bobby last week if you haven't already go listen to the interview. Uh, but what I think the Giants plan is they have a number Jones and his new athletes first agency has a number. If they don't meet on that number, if they don't meet in the middle of that number, he's just getting the franchise tag. If this 40 plus million dollar thing that the that their agents and everyone around Daniel Jones keeps on talking about when Shane is asking for 32 and they just don't meet in the middle at 36-37, we're, we're placing the tag on Jones, which means Saquon Barkley walks. Whether that's good or bad, we'll have to see. Uh, it does leave the Giants with a hole and definitely a gap that they weren't expecting at the running back position, which we definitely have to keep in mind because if we don't have Saquon Barkley, our starting running back is Gary Brightwell. No.
1: Yes. Right? Yeah, Burrito's not under contract, so yeah. I What I would say is I was watching um last night the Giants... Uh, I believe it was Schmelk. he was talking with Daniel Jeremiah about, you know, Saquon Barkley in the draft class, et cetera, And he was making a good point, right? It's going to be interesting to see how some of these teams, you know, operate with the running back position. Because this is probably the strongest free agent running back class we've had in probably years. Um, And then this is, you know, according to Jeremiah even himself, who I I really trust. I think he does a really good job looking at these uh, prospects saying this is one of the strongest running back classes that we've had in like a decade. So you look at that, and he's saying, you know, even if you don't sign Saquon Barkley, you could get a guy in the fourth round who could be a starting running back. Um, And you see it every year, right? Elijah Mitchell was, what, seventh round pick. You see these guys every year um, who, who are able to become starters, even though they weren't, you know, top picks. And I think this year, even more than any other, could be that way. And then you got this surplus in free agency uh, where all these guys are going to be going on a cheap, like Josh Jacobs is sitting there. Miles Sanders is going to be sitting there. Joe Mixon's probably going to get cut so that the Bengals can re-sign T Higgins. Like there's such a big market for all these great backs that I think it, it that it's going to be something that Joe Shane I'm hoping is looking at with Saquon Barkley. Cause then you're looking at, um, you know, paying him more than 12, 13 million. It just seems, uh, it just seems kind of crazy. But anyway, Um, That was just kind of something that I thought of, and when I was listening to it last night, I wanted to bring up on the podcast. So uh, certainly interesting there, but I'll let you uh, move on to the next stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, just the final thing that I decided to pull from the press conference to include here in the pod was that uh, Joe Shane kind of talked a little bit funny enough, not funny enough, but in in a funny tone about Andrew Thomas and extending him. Uh, He said, quote, obviously, we have Andrew a little bit longer with the fifth year option, which will most likely exercise and then shown uh, shown. Shane uh, smirked at most likely. So one more, I mean that's obvious. Yeah,
1: one more thing I wanted to mention before we move on. I kind of felt there. This was kind of an underrated quote. I thought someone asked, I don't know who asked it uh, during his press conference. Like, what are your thoughts on the defensive line depth? And he was like, not good. Like he really felt like that was a value. He even emphasized, he's like, that's a valuable position. It's somewhere that we're really going to need to improve. So it wasn't necessarily a position that I was thinking could even be in the possibility for round one or even round two uh, in the NFL draft, or maybe even a big emphasis in free agency. But that certainly seems like um, uh, an emphasis for Joe Shane um, in terms of how he was looking at things, um, you know, on the defensive line front. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure now with that comment, people are going to start mocking some of these defensive linemen uh, to the Giants, whether that be in the first or second round. But Um, I I thought that was an extremely interesting comment. And then also when someone asked him about the interior offensive line, he kind of, I just got the sense that he kind of pushed it back. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's very likely that the Giants pick an interior guy because they kind of, he even mentioned, we got 14 guys under contract next year. um, And, you know, we have some good depth on the inside. We got Lewinsky on the right guard spot. So it sounds like Lewinsky will probably be starting uh, next season. And then he's like, we got plenty of guys here. Who compete for you know center and left guard so I think that's a position that a lot of Giants fans were possibly you know thinking that they could go in the first round I know uh, Torrance from Florida has been mocked etc but I think that's also another hint there from Joe Shane that I got a little bit that maybe they're going to be a little bit hesitant to focus on that position compared to other holes all right so let's
0: preview the uh, NFL scouting combine a little bit and give you some guys to watch throughout the next few days All right, so day one of the NFL Combine when it comes to the drills that they're going to be running starts with defensive linemen and linebackers, one of those positions we've covered, one of them we have not. Uh, However, the majority, because we've covered the linebackers, the majority or the two out of three uh, that we have written down the prospect that you should watch are linebackers because we know a little bit more about them than we do the defensive linemen. So I'll start off with the first guy. We talked about him in our senior bowl coverage recap. If you haven't already watched that video on YouTube or was it in a podcast? I don't even remember. It was. It was. Yeah. Yep. So you can listen or watch it. Uh, It was a linebacker, Deion Henley out of Washington State. We also talked about him in our uh, rankings as well. Senior ball standout, sideline-to-sideline linebacker. He'll have to make up for his lack of size with a good combine performance. Definitely watch out for him. Linebacker Drew Sanders out of Arkansas, uh, another top linebacker in this draft class. A raw linebacker prospect with huge upside. So a big combine performance could definitely further his boost up the draft board. Um, He actually interviewed with the New York Giants already. And today, when we're recording this on Wednesday, the Giants also interviewed... um, Oh my gosh, a top linebacker. Oh, Simpson, right? Out yeah. of Clemson. They interviewed him today too. Uh, so definitely keep an eye on that. And then the defensive tackle. Alex, we didn't even talk about this, but I guess we'll just rotate on each day. When yeah, it's fine. we the yeah. <laughs> um, And then day one, uh, the final guy we have here to preview, a defensive lineman. Defensive tackle at that, Mazzie Smith out of Michigan. A freak athlete. He'll blow away all his competitors out of the water and definitely could be a record breaker uh, in numerous different categories, uh, of the
1: combine. All right. Moving on to day two. Now that's going to be DBs and special teamers. I'm not going to put any punters or kickers on this, uh, to watch out for, but anyway, I'll, I guess we'll stick to DBs here. Um, Kelly Ringo, uh, or Keely Ringo. I forget how you always pronounce it now. Uh, Keeley Ringo. How do you pronounce it, Josh? I'm letting you inter- interview. No, I actually, I'm not really helpful on this one. I'm going to say it's Kelly Ke- Kelly Ringo. Kelly Ringo. I'll double check while you talk. you, you double you know. check. Out of Georgia, he's a guy that when we were talking, you know, looking at these cornerbacks, you see that everywhere that he's projected to kind of run in the low four threes. But I kind of saw him as a guy on tape who wasn't really that athletic, that quick. Um, but I think he's a you know his speed doesn't really flash on tape. But if he does run in the low four threes and he does put up some good uh you know good measurements and and good stats at the combine it could po- you know boost his stock in this really crowded cornerback class especially in the first round uh with the you know kind of supposed top 3 um you know with Witherspoon Gonzalez and then Porter um Porter Jr excuse me so i think it's going to be interesting to see how he does um here cuz you know before i feel like before this season Um, In the summer, when everyone was kind of doing their way too early mock drafts, everyone had him as their CB1. Could he kind of recover that stock um, a little bit at the combine? We'll have to wait and see. So definitely watch out for him. Uh, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. Uh, He's kind of the consensus number two for most people, uh, currently at least, uh, in the cornerback room. But he's an athletic freak. uh, And his combine performance, a lot of people are predicting, could potentially put him above uh, witherspoon as the cb1 of this class both of those guys definite uh, top 15 picks would be my guess both uh, really really good prospects but you know how these guys adjust right in what order they go could potentially impact who's left there for the giants at 25 if they indeed want to go cornerback and then finally oh uh, this guy's name is also hard to pronounce a uh, cornerback true uh, uh hodges Hodges Tomlinson out of TCU. There we go. I got it. Kind of. Um, he's a five foot eight corner um, who is definitely going to need to perform really well at the combine because his lack of height um, is really troubling for a lot of teams. He'll definitely be a slot guy in the NFL, um, but he does have a chance with excellent testing possibly, which he's predicted to do run in the low four threes um, and overall. You know, maybe he does better in some of the strength drills, uh, or, you know, the, um, bench press than some people think he will, if he even participates in that. But, uh, you know, I think he could possibly be a day two pick. He's got really, really good instincts. He's got good ball skills. Everything's there except for his height, um, and being undersized. I read somewhere that if he were four inches taller, uh, he would be a first round pick. So certainly an interesting guy. Uh, and I'm excited to see what he does at the combine. Hopefully he can, uh, really prove that, uh, Height doesn't matter always. Um, But I think in this case, as a quarterback, it definitely does matter. So it's going to be difficult for him, but excited to see what he does.
0: Okay. After numerous highlights and separate announcers pronouncing this man's name, I've concluded that it is Keely Ringo. Mm -hmm. Now, some people call them Kylie, and some people call them, like, Close to Kelly, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to say the call of his interception in last year's national championship for a touchdown. I would trust that announcer more than anyone, although I don't know off the top of my head who it is. But when he made that pick, it was pronounced Keely Ringo. Keely Ringo. There we go. Day three is quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. Now, although we're Giants podcast, we got to mention obviously Bryce Young. Um, size what will he come at in this combine that's going to be the big deal i believe he's not throwing though right one of the top qbs isn't throwing
1: yeah he's i don't don't think he's throwing but he is going to be measured and weighed so that's going to be the big thing there um yeah obviously it's
0: rumored rumored and probably going to be a top 10 pick in this year's draft if not top five we know teams need quarterbacks teams always need quarterbacks not the Giants because they're bringing back Jones, regardless. But teams in the NFL will need quarterbacks. You also have QB Anthony Richardson from Florida, a player who's already rising up draft boards, and with excellent combine, uh, predicted the sky is the limit. Will uh, Levis also do this too? Uh, is he in the I combine? don't think
1: I don't think Levis is throwing. If I'm correct, but Richardson's doing everything, so that's going to be interesting. And Richardson, uh, you know, could be really really good in the forty yard dash as well. So. I think that that's going to be exciting.
0: Oh, and then also uh, Tennessee, Hendon Hooker too. Yeah, he's not participating
1: because he's still yeah cause the ACL. Back. ACL, yeah,
0: yeah. So that's that's something I guess to know. But I wonder if he's there talking to teams. I don't even know. Possibly. Um. Interesting. Okay, and then the wide receivers here, uh, Jalen Hyde at Tennessee again. We've ranked these wide receivers before. Go check that out. Uh, potential to break the f- combine forty-yard dash record. A very very fast player. Andre Chivas out of Princeton, who uh, is a senior ball guy uh, that the Giants have actually talked to and know him because of Odell Beckham's agents somehow. That's an interesting connection there. Potential to on the 4-2s, could be a big riser with a surprising combine performance if it goes well for him. And then the guy I think most people are watching because of how famous he was for Ohio State last season, how big of a season he had before getting injured for most of this year, Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. Only limited tape from his junior year. But he needs to put up a big performance in the combine and put himself back in the conversation as one of the top receivers in this class. Um, I would say that quotes mostly for me. I think he already is a top receiver in this class. I just don't believe it because of the injury last year. Uh, But if he does have a really big combine, I mean, he can get himself into those top three talks. I think for most people, he's in the top five. Again, not for me, for most people. Uh, But if he has a good combine, that'll put him in the top three talk, I think. So that's my day three or our day three uh, guys to watch.
1: All right, moving on to day four, O-line and running backs. Kind of a quiet day, uh, I think, for a lot of Giants fans to be watching, most likely. Um, but, you know, there are some standouts that people are going to want to watch. Well,
0: it's a qu- it's a quiet day until we find out the day before on day three that Saquon Barkley is no longer is sticking true. around with the New York Giants and Daniel Jones getting franchise tagged. Then it becomes a huge day.
1: Then it becomes a huge day. <laughs> so I'll have to wait and see. Um, but offensive tackle DeJuan Jones out of Ohio State. Not that the Giants necessarily need a tackle, and this guy's probably going to end up in the late first round, early second, but he is so huge, I had to mention him. 6'8", 375, uh, I think he's going to be putting up some ridiculous numbers for his size, and I'm excited to watch him. I think everyone's going to be watching him, no matter, you know, who you've got at tackle right now, because he's going to put up, um, I, I think he's just going to put be a really fun guy to watch on day four. Uh, running back, Bijan Robinson, everyone has him as their number one back. One of the best backs to come out of college in years. Uh, maybe even better than Saquon Barkley. And he's got, uh, you know, he's definitely a little bit on the smaller end at six foot. Uh, definitely not on the smaller end of weight, but 220. Strength drills will be interesting. But just overall, even the 40-yard dash, he's got a lot of eyes on him. Uh, and it'll certainly be interesting to see how he does. And finally, to finish this up. Uh, on day four we're going to the interior of the offensive line with Osiris Torrance out of Florida he's kind of an end of the first round talent maybe mid first round Um, definitely one of the best interior guys in this class and he definitely shows a lot of athleticism on tape is his testing going to live up to that Um, and many are predicting he will so I'm excited to see him could be a guy who rises up boards uh, even after Uh, he's already been rising uh, kind of with the pre-draft hype, but the combine could even further that. So super excited to see how he does.
0: Yeah, and uh, I guess my final thing here, again, I talked about it earlier, but with Robinson, uh, a guy called when Joe Shane was on like the Big Blue uh, kickoff live or whatever it was and said, obviously this being a Saquon Barkley doesn't come back with the team. If he's available, Robinson falls to like 17 or even their pick at, what is it, 25, 26. Um, if he falls to that pick, uh, will you draft him? And Shane basically just responded, we're scouting all our guys equally, and we're looking for whoever's on the table at the time. So, obviously, he's not going to say, no, we're not drafting a running back in the
1: first round. Highly unlikely. Yeah, uh, I think he'll be we'll there. To wait I think see. he'll be there at 25, but um, I don't think he gets out of the first round. That would be my guess.
0: That's going to do it for our NFL Scouting Combine preview. Hope you enjoy the days there because they are long. But it is something nice to at least have on the TV for a long time, just kind of there and checking out the prospects. All right, so now we go to our last thing on the agenda for this episode today. And might I say the best thing on the agenda for our episode today? It's the top cornerbacks in this year's NFL draft. We're going 5-1. to We're going through their pros and cons. We're going through their grades. And the reason we get those grades is because of Alex's greats formula that i swear every time we have ranked a certain draft class he talks to me about adjusting so i never know when it's different who knows what's going on who knows i i really don't i pay no attention i don't even know who knows i just want to rank my guys Let's (laughs) let's do it starting out with number five uh we actually just had trouble with this earlier in the episode but it's okay what keely right keely ringo Out of Georgia, a sophomore, 6'2", 205 pounds, had that very famous pick in last year's national championship and returned it for about 60, 75 yards of a touchdown. Uh, His pros, it's going to be one word things. For a lot of of these other guys, I have stats and long explanations of their pros and stuff. For him, it's very simple. Size, speed, instincts. Boom, done. Gets rid of the pros there. His cons? His deep pass coverage, Ringo actually allowed the most deep receptions this past season among cornerbacks in PFS top 10 list, uh, and that has to do with his change of direction. It's pretty slow, and he has trouble keeping up with fast linebackers, and in this case, that's why a lot of uh, wide receivers are able to get deep on him. His athleticism, now we go into the grades. Alex also loves these halves. I can't do it with these halves, just do whole numbers, It's all man. out of 10, by the way. It's impossible. Athleticism in half instincts, 6.5, man coverage, 5.5, zone coverage, a 6, his size, a 9.5 being six two. I mean, it's pretty good for a cornerback, for a total of a 7.0, which puts him at a late first round grade, although I can definitely argue that it'll be more early second round, but again, can't argue with Alex's formula, so argue. that is number stop five. Stop
1: arguing, stop arguing. Keely Ringo. All right. <laughs> Moving on to number four here, a personal favorite of mine. Uh probably my favorite player, not the best player, but my favorite player on this list. Cam Smith out of South Carolina, Junior, 6'1, 188. Um, he his pros really is that he's a really flexible corner. He's played in the in, he plays on the inside in the slot. And he plays on the outside as well. Um, this past season he played 357 snaps on the outside, 196 of them in the slot. And only allowed 211 yards on 302 snaps total, um, and uh, coverage snaps. Obviously, he does a really good job reading QBs, um, reading their eyes, and he can hijack routes, um, either stopping routes for no game, uh, no gain, uh, forcing incompletions, and has reasonably good ball skills and does get a couple picks from time to time. Uh, and then his cons are he could be over aggressive in coverage, does get some penalties uh, that he's going to need to clean up in the NFL that are definitely going to be called, even the ones that might be missed in college. And then his tackling is a little bit inconsistent, so that's something that he's going to need to work on as well. Uh, wrapping up receivers in the NFL and in the run game is something that's really Im- important for quarters, um, so, especially in the slots. So if he is going to play there, uh, that's going to be something to watch out for. Our grades for him, athleticism a 7, instincts a 6, man coverage 8, zone 7.5, and, and size 6.5 coming out to a 7.0 grade as well. Also a late first round prospect.
0: All right, we continue with our prospects. We now move to number three. And I want to say that out of the three positions we've done, out of wide receiver, um, linebacker, had trouble there for a second, and out of the cornerback's, would you agree with me, Alex, that the cornerbacks, the top three, are the most like solidified group out of those three positions that we've done, or no? Would you say wide receivers? Yeah, probably, more. probably. I would say so, right? Because it's also the strongest position. All right. True. Okay, wide receivers. You could say that Johnson's clearly the number one for most people. However, after that point, it kind of gets a little scrambled for everyone. I think definitely it's scrambled here with the top three. Like, where they rank. But the top three is always consistent as is it's the same guys. The rankings of them is a little different. Maybe this guy at number three, they put at number one, whatever. But it's normally those top three are always there. So that's what I wanted to mention. It's Joey Porter Jr. at number three for us. He's 6'2", 196 pounds out of Penn State, a junior. Uh, his pros, he reads the QB really well. He's able to jump in front of wide receivers to break up passes after seeing where the QB's decision is. If he fakes right, goes left, he's ready for it. Uh, He's also really fast. He's able to keep up with the most with most of the uh, wide receivers in college football that he guarded. And then just the one con we have is, again, another guy who uh, this is, I think, consistent. I think we have a couple other players or at least one more. I think that has this con as well is that he sometimes gets a little handsy with wide receivers, which gets him a holding call. And that's something, you know, you could definitely fix in the NFL. Um, or maybe even get more aggressive there because the NFL might be actually a little bit more lenient with those type of calls than they are in college. Um, As we know, grabbing, touching, pushing off of each other is kind of just a part of the game in the NFL. People get physical, they get handsy. So that actually might be something that gets called a little bit more in college than it does in the NFL. But anyway, athleticism for him now is a 7 going to the grades. Instincts an 8 man coverage and zone coverage, knotted up at seven for the both of them, and then in half for his size, which we get past that 7.0 mark. We go up four points, point four points, I should say, and he ends up with a 7.4, which is another late first round type of pick. So you see the consistency here of the late first round. Where are the Giants located in this first round? Late. <laughs> so, you know, guys have already been marked. I saw, was it oh uh, Bucky Brooks is maybe most recent of NFL.com mock draft I think he had Joey Porter going to the Giants so most of these if not all of these guys besides maybe the number one and number two will be available at this pick uh, for the Giants late in the first round so
1: definitely keep an eye on all these names yeah I think one and two are probably gonna be gone in the top 12 15 at most I think Porter has about Porter Jr. has about a 50-50 chance of being there and I think uh, Smith and Ringo have probably a good 80% chance of being there if I were to be betting today on that. So in case you're interested in what I would bet currently. All right, moving on to number two, we've got Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. He's a sophomore, 6'2", 201. Uh, he's just really, really athletic. He's a great tackler. Um, he's got great length as well. He can mirror wide receivers. Uh, He's great pass breakups, has an eye for the ball as well, does get a couple of interceptions from time to time. Uh, And he really um, is one of these elite, elite cornerback prospects that we've seen in recent years and could potentially, I think a lot of people interchange one and two here. And I think after the combine, especially, where he could put up some really strong numbers, he could potentially kind of solidify himself as that number one guy. Um, We have a comp for him, actually, as Darius Slay. Uh, of the Eagles formerly of the Lions obviously a very solid corner except for when he gave up a Kenny Galladay touchdown that will live in infamy so um, I guess take that into account in case you're interested going into his cons uh, his strength even though he is 201 which is reasonable for a corner uh, his strength does sometimes seem to be uh, a little bit on the light side uh, not exactly where you'd want it to be uh, but obviously we may be proven wrong at the combine so We'll have to wait and see. Um, And then our grades for him, athleticism, eight instincts, eight man coverage, seven and a half zone coverage, seven and size, a nine giving him a 7.8 out of 10, which is a mid first round grade and also our highest grade that we've given to a prospect so far this year. Um, But will that be beaten by the number one guy? Yes, it will be. And I'll send that over to Josh.
0: Yeah, just one thing with Gonzalez that I think you missed a stat about his tackling. Only missed three of his 61 tackles. Yes, attempts, uh, sorry, this past I missed fall. that. No, it's all good. Something to note. And we got more stats here for this number one guy who I've been floored with ever since I watched his tape. And I mentioned it again, not to reference the interview again, but I mentioned it to Bobby to see if he checked him out. It's Devon Witherspoon, the six-foot-one, 180 180-pound Illinois junior Absolutely amazed with this guy's tape. I mean, I could talk about him for the entire length of how long this episode has gone so far, but I will not do that. I will not bore you to death on how good Witherspoon is, but I will tell you right now, he is very good. He has locked down man coverage. He was targeted 63 times, but allowed just 22 catches for 206 yards with three interception and 14 pass breakups. Oh, and he didn't allow a single touchdown all season. Played man coverage more than any other cornerback in this year's draft class on 560 of the uh, 738 defensive snaps uh, that he played this past fall. It was a man coverage play. Change of direction, very good. Feet, very good. Quick and his length, obviously. At 6'1", 180, his reach is pretty long. He's able to knock down those passes and deflect them out of the receiver's hands. However, we do have a few cons here for Witherspoon um his weight he is a little bit undersized six foot one's a good height 180 pounds if you want to play cornerback and get physical with wide receivers yes you're pretty fast at at that light 180 you're able to jump around a little bit more uh but if you want to kind of pack on that muscle he might have to do that to get ready for the nfl very physical on plays which sometimes leads to pass interference calls do you see the uh repetition there from earlier guys we talked about so another guy there i'm not going to go over the whole thing with a difference again but you, you understand it uh, could be different from the NFL compared to college with those calls. And then finally one year uh, only one year of elite production. Prior to this season, Witherspoon, I'm sure were known by draft experts but not known by the public audience uh, and the the you know college football, NFL big uh, mainstream media as a whole until this past year when he absolutely locked down everyone he covered and didn't allow a single touchdown. No one not really no one knew his name. I'm sure draft experts did, but uh, now we do. So our player comparison for him, uh, Witherspoon, is Asante Samuel Jr. And now we go into our grading system. His athleticism, an 8, instincts, an 8.5, man coverage, a 9, which we already talked about why, end zone coverage, 7.5. But the size, because of that 180, uh, pounds-wise, 5.5, which is the lowest grade out of all the sections. But it gives us, even with that 5.5, our first prospect, Obviously, like Alex mentioned, our top prospect when it comes to grades so far, this this uh, draft class, when it comes to the grading system, but also our first 8.0, our first prospect to reach the eights of Alex's unbelievable, amazing formula. So it's an 8.0 for Devon Witherspoon, our number one cornerback in this year's 2023 NFL draft class. So we did our cornerback rankings. We talked about some guys you want to look at in the Combine. We talked about some coaches that the Giants, won that they signed, one that they lost. We also talked about Shane's press conference. Alex, do we have anything else that we have to talk about in this, today's episode? I, I, I think we might have checked all the boxes. Am I wrong? I
1: really don't think so. I think we've talked about a lot. We got through a lot uh, and not hopefully not too long of an episode. Um, and uh, I think it should be a good one for everyone. Hopefully you got a lot of information about the Combine looking at some of these cornerbacks, a little bit about Joe Shane's press conference, more Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley stuff, uh, and a few coaching adjustments, and the very saddening loss of Kenny Galladay. Now I made it seem like he just passed away. No, he was just cut. Uh, but all jokes aside, I do wish him the best of luck because, you know, uh, once a giant, always a giant.
0: Yeah, there you go. You could say that again. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's... Pretty crazy. We covered a bucket list of items here in today's episode. This might have been the most jam-packed of all time. But we were able to do it. Of all time. Of all time. But we did it, and we did it well. Uh, But there is still one more thing to do. Of course. And that's the plug time, baby. Of course. All right, let's do it. You can uh, follow the podcast wherever you want to listen to it. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and a bunch of other places which you can find on chippestudios.com slash giant take. We're also on YouTube as well. And social medias too Twitter and TikTok, The Giant Take Pod, Instagram and Facebook, The Giant Take Podcast. Alex on Twitter at annoying 23 I'm on Twitter at Joshua 29 uh, We appreciate you sticking along throughout this entire offseason coverage to help us out. Hit that five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would love it. And that would be wonderful. What would also be wonderful is Alex wrapping up this
1: one. So I'll leave it to you. I'd be fascinated. I was just thinking about this. I'd be fascinated to know how many people click off as soon as you say, and now for the plugs, I'd really be what I really want to know. Um, kind. I know. I, I'm just curious, you know, I'm just curious anyway. Kind. I know. It's not a dig at you. It's just a dig at re- retention, you know? Um, thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of the giant take podcast. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Uh, Post-Combine, most likely, uh, with a lot of new movement up and down everyone's draft boards. Peace.